and welcome to the Dorky Diva Show. I'm your host, Savannah. And I am Brian. And we are joined by a returning guest. Whoop, whoop, whoop. That's yeah, exciting. Yeah, whoop. Returning guest, Kat from the Rogue Fangirls podcast. Welcome to the show again, Kat. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me again. I'm so excited about this. Yeah. We, we talked to you, what? It was almost over, definitely over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago at this point to sure. review Dooku Jedi Lost. And on that show, you guys were talking about the Master and Apprentice book. And I was like, I definitely need to read that. And guess what, guys? <laughs> a year and a half later, I definitely read it. A year um, and a half later. It's okay. That's how long it takes, guys. It's okay. It, it's okay. It's okay I now. Mean, last time we were talking about the fact that Savannah didn't even read. So at least she's reading. That's true. She's learned to read in the interim, and now she's applying those skills. And I'm very proud of you, Savannah. You've been doing very good. It only took a worldwide pandemic for Savannah. That's it. It only started. took a pandemic, That's y'all. That's all it takes. <laughs> and you know what? Whatever brings you to the house of Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm sitting here with two of the biggest Qui-Gon Jinn fans ever. That's true. Ever. It's so true. This will be it fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anyone else who even comes close to Kat, and I'm really excited about it. Oh. <sighs> Good times. Okay. Well, obviously, today we're discussing Master and Apprentice, which is written by Claudia Gray. And guys, I have read three of Claudia Gray's books now. So yes, look at me. Look at you. Um, I really enjoyed this book. It takes place eight years before The Phantom Menace, and it's all about Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it is a lot. (laughs) <laughs> it is a lot of things <laughs> it is a dream come true first and foremost mm-hmm, i was mm-hmm. very excited about this i think this was yeah. the like one of the big pie in the sky things that i wanted when they were talking about what do you want a book about i was like um literally anything about qui-gon and obi-wan on the streets kind of like um the jedi apprentice series which kat and i both love yeah uh, and this this felt like one of those things uh to me and it's oh Claudia Gray. There's nobody better. She's the best ever. <laughs> so when this book was announced, Kat, what were your thoughts? Because you read a lot. You I do love read reading. a lot. Reading is amazing. Yeah. So I was I was very, very excited. I'm pretty sure my dad was very sick of me talking about like, but dad, there's a Qui-Gon book. You don't understand. <laughs> it's about Qui-Gon. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure he's sick of me being a fan of Qui-Gon in general because he he's like, yeah, Qui-Gon's cool. That's great. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. That's Qui-Gon right. Jin. Tell him, Kat. Tell him. <laughs> I'm right behind you pointing. That's right. So I was I was very, very excited about it. So I was like, books, Qui-Gon, this is everything I've ever wanted in life. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I know both of you read this book like as soon as it came out. Yep. Oh yes. I'm pretty sure I think we got the audiobook for it because mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. dad my dad really likes Audible and all the Star Wars audiobooks, so he listens to those, and so I get to listen to them as well. And I listened to it as soon as we got it, and I'm pretty sure I was like messaging Brian. I was like, Brian, how do you spell this character's name? What is yep. this character like? And you're like, hold on, hold on, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, I was like, I need Aww. the spelling. Yes, I remember that because uh, Katie, mm-hmm. and you're like, hold on, wait a second. Yeah. Is my name in Star Wars? <laughs> I need to know. This like, is important. Let me t- uh, no, not quite not the same. But I'll give it to you. It's it sounds a little different, but it still counts. It still counts. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. There's a I helped Qui-Gon. It's, it's you did. Good. You did. We both have we both have our ins, Kat. You helped oh, yeah. Qui-Gon with Katie. And then if I'm not mistaken, 
in the the Age of Republic Qui-Gon comic, he's on the planet Brian. I'm pretty sure. You know what? That sounds right. Yeah. I have it yeah, right in front of me. You Let tweeted me check. that like a while ago and you were thrilled about it. I hope you leave this in. All right. Yeah, <laughs> we are. It is uh, currently sealed. Listen to this tape come up. Oh, nice. So yes, the Qui-Gon Jinn comic, number one, I might add, written by, come on, Jody Hauser. Incredible, incredible. Entitled Balance. That's what this issue is called. It's called Balance, guys. And this planet is Brian? There's, there's one. Well, listen, there's one L, so, you know, they can't get it all right. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so the planet that he's on is B-R-I apostrophe N. Brian. Sounds yeah. like Brian to me. Brian. Sounds like how my family says my name back home in North Carolina. Brian. They say Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Qui-Gon is on the planet Brian. Or Bryn, or whatever you want to call it. I don't even care. And the issue is called balance. And listen, I'm not necessarily a conspiracy person, but that's a lot of boxes checked. Am I right? Mm-hmm. What does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> it was definitely on purpose. That's what I'm saying. I reached out to Jody Hauser uh, when this came out, and I was like, listen. You know, I tried to hide my tinfoil hat. I don't think it worked. And I was like, hey, listen, I'm obsessed with this character. I have been my whole life. Also, hi, I'm Brian. And secondly, my last name's Balance. So this and Qui-Gon, he, it's called Balance, and he's on the planet, Brian. What's going on? I was like, where'd you get this name? And she goes, I don't know. I just kind of made it up. She's like, you know what? My dad's name is Brian. Maybe that's where it came from. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> you didn't make that up on the spot to appease me from things. I don't think they could legally say if if it was uh, named after you. So who knows? It is. Maybe it was. Yeah, then, you would, then they would like be worried about getting sued for for using you as inspiration. So yeah, because man, mm-hmm. oh boy, would I? Like, <laughs> here, balance is spelled with two L's first and foremost. Secondly, there's an A in Brian, and thirdly, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was. I don't know how we got. Well, that I've never but. had my name in any. Star Wars. No, you did have your thing. face, though. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Has anyone ever seen Sabine Wren and Savannah Odit in the same room? I don't think so. Nope. I don't True think fact. So. Just saying. Look it up. <laughs> what a weird coincidence. Yeah. So Wink. weird. <laughs> what a crazy random happenstance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into this fantastic book. Let's do it shall we shall we we shall we shall um i'm assuming we'll have at least seven different monologues from brian and cat combined where they're ranting <laughs> oh, about i feel like so seven we'll is there. probably at the low end but yeah you know. yeah so that's, that's each, a modest right? amount <laughs> it's seven each or is that a yeah total? probably just seven curious. each plus you know there'll, there'll be some smaller ones that might not count as a monologue but they'll count yeah, as yeah, a sure. rant. so for sure it's We'll get there. Uh, but the Notebook story opens. <laughs> yeah. The story opens with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. They are investigating a conflict with the huts on the planet yes. Teth. Yes, which is like crazy because Brian, you love huts. I mean, this book already is just like it's opening and it's just like, here, we want you to love this book. And I was like, I will. I will, narrator person, whoever you are. <laughs> I'm looking it's at Claudia the, Gray. the toy right now. Claudia Gray. Ah, oh, my hero. I love that woman. So we're on Teth and we see that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are having some differences and having some issues working together. 
Mm-hmm. And they kind of resent each other a little bit uh, throughout a, a majority of this book, which is very interesting. I don't know if I expected that. Yeah. Resent's a, t- a strong word. I'd say that I'd say they're out of sync. Yeah, I would say there's just conflict. I wouldn't say they resent each other. Yeah. They yeah, have a lot on, of respect Kat, for each other. Hmm. I think the, they've got some, some underlying salt that they need to deal with. Though. Yeah, miscommunication. Yeah. Miscommunication and, and lack of communication. Yes. Because there was not a whole relatable. lot of communication going on. They were thinking a lot of things and not saying a lot of things. And then they were just bottling it up. And you know how that goes. I live it's in never a good idea. In general, oh. I just feel like Obi-Wan, no matter what, is just never good at communication. Yeah. yeah. He's not and, really the best at communication. And also trust. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they talked they talked about how Obi-Wan is like, which I to this day, I think Obi-Wan is like the model Jedi. Like mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is what every Jedi wants to be. It's what the council wants every Jedi to be. Like, by the rules, this is how things are done. This is what it is. Which he eventually grew out of, of course. Uh, but Qui-Gon being the unorthodox, you know, live in the moment kind of thing. They're sort of they butt heads in the way that they do things, you know? Mm-hmm. Like just like we <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Why aren't you laughing at that, Brian? <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. I said just like we are. We buy Oh, exactly too. like we are. Yeah. I'm trying not to internalize everything that we're about to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's very much that. Because mm. I'm horrible at communicating. But I'm like, just trust me, it'll be fine. And you're like, no, Brian, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. So uh they, they deal they deal with some business on Teth with the mm-hmm. huts, and then they go back to Coruscant and Qui-Gon gets an offer to join the Jedi Council. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Big news. Clearly he doesn't accept. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We kind of knew how that was going to end. But um, oh, yeah. By the way, guys, this is going to be an extremely spoiler filled episode. I should have said that off the top. Yeah, you've had years to read the books, guys. Come on. Um, If Savannah read it first, you're behind. That is really rude. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that hurts. I mean, this is from a woman who says she doesn't read books. So but I do now. You do, I do now. now. That's what I mean. But all the people that do read books, if they haven't got to it before you did, that's on them. I'm taking your side on it. See, this is the communication thing. I don't Kat. know. I think this is... <laughs> I think we're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, he gets an well, offer to join the Jedi Council. He yep. decides he wants to think about it. And... He ends up not telling Obi-Wan about this offer because he knew that if he accepted, they would have to part ways and Obi-Wan would be assigned to a new master. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't tell Obi-Wan for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Awkward. Um, And then they go to a new planet called, I I call it Pijal. Is that how you guys pronounce it? Pijal. Pijal. Oh my god, are you serious? You both pronounce it Pijal? Pijal? The audiobook. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd be pronouncing it totally wrong. I can't pronounce anything. Pijal. They go there. Yep. (laughs) And they have to mediate uh, the signing of a treaty between the Pijal monarchy and the Zerka arms. Mm -hmm. And while they are there, it slips out that... um, Qui-Gon had been invited to the Jedi Council, and that's how Obi-Wan found out. Yeah. And it is not good. No. That's that's not. Yikes. Yeah. 
That's a that's a tough one. Mega yikes. Yeah. Um, but while we're on Pyjal, we meet a character named Rael Avaros, who yeah. I was already familiar with through the Dooku Jedi Lost audio drama, but I knew from you guys that he was going to play a big role in this book, which is why I was so excited to read it because I wanted to learn more about him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's in this book a lot and he is very interesting. Um so it's so funny when they first show up. Um, Rael is the former apprentice of Count Dooku. Um, he trained Rael before he trained Qui-Gon. So Rael's a little mm-hmm. bit older. And Rael and Qui-Gon already have a history of knowing each other. But clearly, Obi-Wan did not know Rael. So when uh, they got to the planet and they met up, Obi-Wan noticed that he's wearing like kind of ragged clothes and he just has like a different attitude and he's he's definitely not the jedi that he's used to seeing um and i just love this character so much because i mean a he has like a southern accent which is hilarious yes um and he is just totally different from anything we've seen before uh and i want to know what you guys thought of rayal when you first read this book cat Hmm. Okay. I get. I've listened to this book like five times, so I gotta <laughs> think back to my first first impressions. Or it can just I be your think, overall thoughts. Okay. So now I think he's really interesting as a contrast to Qui Gon. The first time I read it, he really, really just got on my nerves because he was just so selfish Ew. and annoying, and he was just so selfish about everything. And literally everything that goes bad in this is entirely his fault. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, everyone's like, no, this isn't your problem. And I'm like, it literally is. He caused all of this. Because he didn't work through his own issues, so he caused issues for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now yeah. I just think he's really interesting because he's a good contrast to Qui-Gon. Of both of them are really kind of different from the average Jedi and what Jedi are supposed to be, but Qui-Gon does it in a good way, whereas Rail tends to do things to break the code for fun or for selfish reasons. True. And Qui-Gon doesn't really break it. He just goes by the sentiment of it instead of the letter of it. True. So, I find that interesting. But you like him now. Yes. Well, I like to dislike him. I don't think he's a good person. (laughs) I don't really think he's a good person. I think he's a fun person. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't say he's morally upstanding, though. I could right. see myself becoming real. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like real a lot. I like him a lot. But I I agree. I think he's the extreme version of Qui-Gon. Because Qui-Gon, in my opinion, is one of, if not the greatest Jedi of all time, obviously. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the big reasons... Uh, I believe that is because Qui-Gon didn't lose his way like the rest of the Jedi did when they became so into rules and the way things are done. Qui-Gon's like, how about we just focus on right now, right here in the moment and take things as they are, not as how we wish them to be or how they were. Um, Whereas Rail, Rail is uh, like Qui-Gon has found his individuality through the force. Mm -hmm. Rail just is who he is. You know, he's not even trying to do something differently like he's i mean <laughs> i mean there's parts when like you know Qui-Gon walks in on him and he's like <laughs> yeah what of it all right and i was like dude <laughs> Qui-Gon's so just traumatized yeah which that's <laughs> that seems just hilarious um <laughs> but yeah i i like i like rail a lot i like that he's sort of like 
I don't know. He's a he's complicated. I think that's why I like him. Mm-hmm. Like he's got a whole lot. And Kat, you're absolutely right. The whole reason any of this happened was because he had his own issues and his guilt and his regrets, and he let it cloud his vision to the threat right in front of his face. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I loved the flashback scenes when Qui Gon first met him as a kid. Oh yeah, me too. I, like it's one of my favorite scenes in the book because like. You know, this guy's coming up and he's all kind of, what's up, man? And then Dooku's mm-hmm. there and this guy's talking to Dooku unlike anybody else would talk to him. And then when he talks to Qui-Gon, he's like, hey, so yeah, you're going to, oh, your feet are big. You are going to get taller than me. Do you know how to swim? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to teach you how to swim. Like it was just a cool little thing where like Dooku didn't really explain a whole lot, was like, you know, very firm, like that kind of guy, but also doing his own thing, obviously, with the whole mystical stuff. But Rail was like a, I don't know, like a like a cool human connection with Qui-Gon right off the bat. And I just thought that was really refreshing and I liked him. Well, it was very much like a cool older brother yeah, kind of vibe. Exactly. He's, and he's like, like, you he's know, like the cool older brother that wears like the leather jacket and has the motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. That's he's like Rail. really edgy. That's yeah. Rail. He rides a Varactyl. He likes to drink <laughs> yes. and sleep around. Like... Cool. Can we talk about the Varactyls for a moment? Because yeah, I was not expecting that. And those are like my, one of, probably my all-time favorite creature Same. in Star Wars. Same. They're just like cool little dragons. I love They're them. Amazing. Yeah. And they sound so cool. I know. I, wish, I thought I wish awesome there was like tiny hand-sized ones that were real and I could just have <gasps> one as a pet. Like I want a full-sized one as a pet. I would hide it everywhere. I feel like that'd be so hard to care for. It for that sure would. So it would eat insane amounts of food. Yeah. You need to go on eBay because they have the Burger King Varactyl toys from when episode three came out. I might still have mine. I, I know I don't still have mine, but I definitely need to buy one. And we actually talked about this, I think, when we had our prequel Defense Force episodes come out. Yeah. I know we talked about this, but yep. yeah, Burger King had a bunch of like little mini plushies for episode three Aww. and they had a Varactyl one and it's not very cute, but it's something. <laughs> <laughs> I've maybe, seen a figure before. Like maybe I just big. need to make myself a Varactyl plushie. Just yes. yes. And then crack okay. the code. Can and you make, make all of us one? one? Yes. <laughs> Varactyl plushies for you, Varactyl plushies for you, Varactyl plushies yes. for everyone. They would I, be so pretty because I think the Varactyls in this story, they had like red feathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were like mm, bread for that. You could make all kinds of different ones. Or polo or whatever game they're playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so awesome. I want to get one of those like big like old school paintings, you know, you see in like rich people's houses, mm-hmm. but I want it to be like Qui-Gon riding a Varactyl. <laughs> oh that would God. be epic. I've thought, I've thought about getting like Lorna Ka to commission it. Be like, yeah. Like a big one. Like, yes. And here you see Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jin riding a Varactyl. Why do you have mm-hmm. that, Brian? Why don't you have it, Chad? You, you, <laughs> you, know? you just need to have Obi-Wan in the background, like straight up falling off of his. Yeah. Exactly. The full picture. We got it all. That's such a cool thing to put for rectal hunts and I stuff. I know. I oh. love that so much. That was yep. super cool. Yep. Um, speaking of Rayal, though, I want to mention the whole issue that happened with his former apprentice. Yeah. He's got some baggage. This guy has he got does. some major baggage. Um, I hear you. So his apprentice, Nim Piana. I think yep. that's how you there say you it, Nim Piana. Yep. Um, he had to take her life because yeah. 
She uh, had a, an issue with a slicer dart, and mm-hmm. that controls your mind and body, mm-hmm. and it unleashes these little nanobots inside of your body, and it takes control of you. So he had to make the really difficult decision to end her life so that she wouldn't be controlled by these nanobots. Yeah. Yeah. she knew. Like, yes. they mentioned that she was, like, mentally coherent. So her last memory was her master killing her. It's oh, oh that's Claudia Gray. terrible. Why do you do this? I know. Yeah, that's so. That brings a lot of context to the story. And Rael is acting as the Lord Regent of Pygel, and mm-hmm. he is also working alongside a fourteen-year-old girl, the Princess of the Planet. Her name is Fanry. Fanry. There you go. Killing yep, Henry. it. Killing it. Um, it's so funny because when I read these books, I have all these pronunciations in my head. And then when you hear other people say it, you're like, oh, wait, what? Um, hey, it's better than 40. And he, <laughs> wait, what? It's better than 40. Farties. Yeah, the farties books? from the Ahsoka book. The little farty kids. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> We're going to have to make like some sort of march with that on it. Yeah, just a kid with like. A little farty girls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I forgot about that. Anyways, um, so he's working a lot alongside Princess Fanry, and he sort of feels a sense of responsibility to protect her and guide her because of what happened to his former apprentice, and that plays a large part in this book. Mm -hmm. Um, But Fanry is quite the interesting character. She's With a very interesting uh, story, Fanny. yeah, yeah. She's she's really cool. Cat, what do you like so much about Fanry? Well, I just like the fact that she's like basically a child, so she's not like, "Hi, I'm a 27 year old ruling my planet." So it was just really <laughs> cool having like the perspective of, of another young like ruler, sort of like Padme was in the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And I think it was probably done on purpose to sort of almost mirror the Phantom Menace in a way, but. So I think that's probably a purposeful story choice. But I just think she's really, really interesting how smart she is and how she's sort of, instead of just being like, oh, well, yep, not really in charge. Just can't wait till I'm a big kid one day. She mm-hmm. like actively takes action to be like, okay, I want to do this. This is my planet. And all of her choices aren't necessarily good, but most Fair. 14-year-olds don't make the best choices in general. So give them rule over a planet and you don't end up with a lot of Padme's. <laughs> Good point. What about what you, Brian? What did you think of her, Savannah? I, she reminded me a little bit of Leia with her personality because as Kat said, she was very about like taking charge and making her thoughts known. And to me, that reminds me of Leia. Um, but I also liked how she's super young. I think there was one part where they said she was sitting down and her legs were swinging because she like couldn't reach the floor. And I was like, ha relatable. Like, that's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I definitely liked her. But towards the end of the story, I was really shocked by some of the things that happened with her, which we will get to. Um, but yeah, she had a really unexpected twist at the end. And yeah. I, yeah, I really liked her. Oh, also, she's a redhead, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, she is. All kinds of representation going on here. I know. Just claim it, Katie. Just say it's all for you. That's what I do. It's all for me. Yes. (laughs) This is our book, Katie. 
together. You and I will read it. I want a boat. Yes. <laughs> we'll get you one. We'll get you one. That's right. Okay. That's right. Thank you. I mean, what there could you, be Brian? one out there for you. You just haven't read it yet. Like, there's so many Star Wars books. You just, yeah. just got to keep going. I don't know. I think if I was, like, super represented in a book, somebody would email me and be like, yo, this is you. <laughs> yeah. Like, True. like in Rebels. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just so used to that. I'm just like, yeah, it's Sabine. Yeah, you've already passed it. Whatever. You look in the mirror and you see Sabine. You're like, eh, I guess. I want a book, uh, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if only you had like something else, like an audio drama or something. That'd be oh, pretty cool. Hmm. Like if there, like if we had, like, okay, hypothetically hmm. speaking, if we had a character that like was your name but not your name. Whoa. You know what I mean? Like that'd oh, be man. pretty cool. Yeah, I don't even know what it would be. Because, like, huh. Savannah doesn't really mix up that well. I guess it would have to be, like, Navsana? Eh, Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. Maybe. I'll think about it. Hmm. <laughs> I'll think on that and let me know you come up with. <laughs> yes. Uh, Fenry's awesome. Fenry's awesome. It's I like Fenry. I think she's a great character. I also like that she's the representation of like rails issues. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, we're going to put you into a situation where you have to get better at this. Um, because when Qui-Gon talks about like what happened and the fact that like the council made this decision, but he's explaining to Obi-Wan, like, here's what really happened because I know rail. I thought that was a really interesting thing to do. Um, story wise mm-hmm. to be like, all right. Yeah. He had to kill his Padawan, but like, why did she get slicer darted in the first place? Why were they in this position? Because Rail likes the thrill. You know, it's like your job was to go to the bridge and fight through this, you know, system and try and get control again. But Rail would rather just cut through things and that put him and his Padawan in danger. So he faulted Rail for it, which I was like, interesting, but that's mm-hmm. not what the council decided on. Yeah. Quite on best. I feel like this is more evidence of the council just not knowing, like, what would be a smart decision. They're like, you know, this guy just lost his young Padawan. Let's put him in charge of another young child. That might be problematic. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's... been a week. I'm sure he's, like, emotionally healed from the scarring event. He totally won't project. That's plenty of time. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, that was their problem. They they went to by the books. Like, well, Mm -hmm. if you lose a Padawan... You get over it by getting another one. That's what Big <laughs> 7 says. You know, too Yay. old to begin the training. It's like, come on, dude. Let's just, mm. they got they got too, they got too rigid. You know, like yeah. they, the fact that they didn't chastise Rail for it happening. You know, it was like, you know, it is what it is. Like, this is what you do. And any Jedi would die for the sake of the crew. So, you know, it sucks that it happened. But also, I think she would have agreed. You know, <laughs> like, so what? Gross. <laughs> it's you know, so it's bad. all. They just look at everything on paper, which is why Qui-Gon seemed like the maverick, because he was like, how about we just look at the person right in front of us? And they're like, "Mm." but on paper, though. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. Yikes. The Jedi are so problematic. And it's so interesting now that we're getting a lot of prequel era books to really explore that. I mean, we definitely saw that, too, in the audio drama to be like, oh, um, what? Like Yoda? is not that cool in the prequels. Um, yeah. Yeah. They did. A, a I mean, I'm a Jedi apologist, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
being Jedi Brian. But I I just think they lost their way. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're bad per se. I don't think se. they're bad. I, I they had good intentions. They just walked away from like, yeah. They just start they they didn't think of things through. They were just like, no. well, this is easier. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go with this. It looks good. It's good. Yeah, they, yeah. they got comfortable. They got complacent. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, we just fought a Sith Lord, and they're like, ah, oh, impossible. They've been dead for like a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> no big right. deal. Yeah, oh my then, God. yeah. They're just like, extremely short sighted. Exactly. They're just they're not looking in front of them. They're mm-hmm. looking at the rules and they're like, all right, well the too old. Sorry. It's page four. Yeah. Can't can't do the whole, you know, <laughs> too old. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but the chosen ones right in front of you guys. Well, I know, but too old. That's something I wanted to talk about too, is uh Rael was brought to the Jedi Temple when he was five. And yeah. obviously he turned out to be problematic. So mm-hmm. He was kind of one of the a catalyst, I guess you could say, for that rule being so strict when they brought in Anakin. I think so, um, too. So that's kind of an interesting thing that they added in the story, that Claudia added in the story. I like how they Maybe. stuck him with Duke. They're like, okay, so this guy who has like lots of problems already and is like not following our rules properly, let's give him this other kid who like hasn't even had time to learn the rules. This should mm-hmm. work out great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they kind of did the same thing with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. <laughs> like, we just, they'll even each other out, I think. And they're like, yeah. that's not how people work. Nope. <laughs> it is yeah. funny that Dooku, who's like the most sophisticated Jedi ever, ended up with Rail and Qui-Gon, who are like the opposite of that. Yeah. Well, could you picture like Mr. Fancy Pants Dooku with his like Southern accent, redneck apprentice? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are like the most polar opposite personalities you could ever have. Yeah, yeah, and then I you've got Qui-Gon, who's just like, let's think about this. Let's 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 get into the deep things. And Dooku's like, yes, but but we must be stylish about it. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Dooku's got the nobility, and then mm-hmm. he gets you know the uncultured, <laughs> unrefined mm-hmm. Rail Avaros, and then like the peace love hippie Qui-Gon. <laughs> now I was just picturing like this this like weird fan art of Dooku just being like in a suit with like gold rings and stuff. Yes. And then we've just got Rail who's got like a cowboy hat on standing in the corner mm-hmm. with his hands in his overalls. And then we've got Sporty. Qui-Gon over here just in a full hippie outfit. Just yeah. With like the headband and like the two peace signs in his hands. And oh, like- yeah. All you have to do is put Qui-Gon in a t-shirt and he already looks like a hippie. <laughs> a with the hair style, little, like, yeah, just put some flowers in his hair and yeah. then boom. He needs like the little red circle sunglasses too. Exactly. This is the newest, the newest sticker you guys need to have made. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh god, that would be so funny. We gotta figure this out, Savannah. <laughs> oh, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. We have plenty of people that make amazing things for us. <laughs> That's true. Why? You know what? To anyone listening, this is your fault. You guys support these dumb ideas that we have. <laughs> And we're like, how about this? And you guys are like, yes. I'm I like, don't know what? if they support what? it. I just make it and then I force <laughs> on people. <laughs> like, welcome to the family, all the new people that got the uh, Grey Jedi are garbage stickers. Yeah, welcome. I sent oh, out yeah. like, I don't know, yeah. 20 or 30 of those stickers last week. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought that ever be a thing that anyone yeah. would agree with? <laughs> we'll definitely work on some peace, love, and prosperity merch for Qui-Gon. Yeah, we'll, fi- we'll figure something <laughs> out. We'll get to, like, we'll, we'll get to thinking. It. Yeah. 
It's honestly a good great. thing I have zero art talent, or I would have the craziest things that oh, I would draw. I'd be like, no, this is great. We're doing this. You have so many amazing plushies. So you That's are true. definitely. Do I need to make a hippie Qui Gon plushie? I should um, not give myself ideas. Yes. Yeah. You absolutely should. <laughs> I am looking at my Reldar plushie right now. Yeah, I, I have my so much. right next to me. It's our first fan. Is that fan art? Is that considered? Is that considered yeah. fan art? Yeah. Yeah, it's the first Zolandart fan, fan art. That rhymes. <gasps> I don't know why I'm excited about it, but I am. I don't know either. Yeah, I just <laughs> I said it, and then serotonin. And I was like, oh, Whoa. wow, amazing. Dr. Seuss. Anyway, Qui Gon's the best. It's true. <laughs> That's just how you're gonna end every thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to conclusion. Qui Gon is superior. Yes, I want to talk about Dooku for a little bit because Please do. he um he's not present in like the current story being told a whole lot in this book, but there are a lot mm -hmm. of flashbacks between him, Qui-Gon, him, Rayal, and he has a brief appearance at the end of the book, which is amazing. We'll talk about that in a moment. Mm -hmm. Um but I I loved I recently reread the Dooku Jedi Lost audio drama script. And I, that's why I wanted to read Master and Apprentice. And so reading these two stories, basically one after the other, makes it so much richer because you oh, have yeah. so much more context. Um, and Dooku is spoken about a lot in this book because at this point he has already left the Jedi Order. Um, but Qui-Gon and Rael don't really know why. They don't. They know that he left to to deal with Sereno and, and be there, but they know that there's more to the reasoning and they're not sure why. Um, so I think that's super interesting because when you read the audio drama or listen to it, you know why he left. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, it's not a mystery to me, but these guys are clearly still trying to figure it out. Um, but in these flashbacks, we see a lot of instances where Qui-Gon is exploring prophecies and there are, I think there are five total prophecies that are shared in the book. Could be wrong. Maybe there's more, but I think Check there's five. I have five noted. Um, and I thought it would be fun for us to like go through those prophecies and talk about what we think they mean, because I'm pretty sure every single one of these came true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first one is she who will be born into darkness will give birth to darkness. Leia. Mm -hmm. Leia sure, right? and Ben. <laughs> yeah, gotta be. Uh, the next one is when the righteous lose the light, evil once dead shall return. I thought of this as the Jedi. Me too. Mm. You know, it's about the Jedi losing their way and that's because so they lost their way. They didn't see Palpatine right in front of their faces. Mm-hmm. That's how I saw that. I I saw that one too. My other interpretation, and this book came out before The Rise of Skywalker, so this may not be an actual connection, but I thought it could be a connection to Palpatine's return um, in The Rise of Skywalker. But okay. I'm not sure. Could be. Claudia, answer our phone calls. <laughs> she won't tell us. I mean, at this point, when this book came out, it came out at Celebration, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's when we had the trailer of the first Rise of Skywalker trailer where Palpatine oh, is right. laughing at the end. So I don't know if that could have been an actual tie-in because obviously these books are written far in advance, but maybe, right. they, maybe they slipped her a little info. Maybe. I don't know. 
Anyways, mm. the next one is only through sacrifice of many Jedi will the Order cleanse the sin done to the nameless. Tough one. I don't have an interpretation for that one. Yeah. I mean, when I first read it, I just kind of thought of Order 66 of like the Jedi had kind of inadvertently caused so much trouble in the galaxy that they weren't fixing. And like sort of the Clone Wars was kind of a little bit their fault. And until they were basically wiped out, they couldn't start fresh and try to solve mm-hmm. the problems. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah, sense. I, I can see that. I, I will. I'll kind of piggyback off of that. Reading it, it's like the Jedi, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this way too many times and annoy myself just as much as you guys, but the Jedi lost their way, right? So through the sacrifice of many Jedi, will the order cleanse the sin done to the nameless? Perhaps the sin done to the nameless is the negligence, is the mm-hmm. not sticking up for the people when they could, is not like getting involved for the right things when they could, when they were too busy playing politics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that I was like something that. like when they talk about slavery in this book, like that's a big deal because Qui-Gon has a real problem with it. And they mm-hmm. pretty much say like, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. You know, politically speaking, that's how it's done. Like I think, was it in this book where Yoda talks about like the species of like insect? Is mm-hmm. that from this I one? I believe so, yes. Yeah, I there's a part when Qui-Gon like, it up. calls him and he's like, yeah. hey, we got an issue here. And Yoda's like, it's not our problem. Yeah, because they pretty much say, like, you know, there's this society that's all about slavery, and it's like, you know, that's how they do things. Like, that's just how their society works. Are we to go in there and reinstitute an entire society? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, man, I get the justification, but also that's not the right thing to do, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, that's something Qui-Gon really struggled with, which I was very glad that Claudia Gray put that in this book because so many people use that against Qui-Gon in episode one. Like, oh, he just didn't care about the slaves. I'm like, he did. He just, what was he going to do? But beside the point, I'm calm. I'm calm. It's fine. Breathe. That's what I I think about this one. I think that's about, I think that one's about Order 66. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. Um, The next one is, the danger of the past is not past, but sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks, it will threaten the entire galaxy. It's like, in my opinion, hello, clone troopers being grown in capsules. Yeah. The Clone it's like Wars. The, it's the whole, I mean, it's Palpatine's plan, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. The Sith have been extinct for a millennia. Not so much. And it's mm-hmm. just there. And then the second it shows up, we turn a republic into an empire. Mm. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last one mm. is the most notable one and most obvious one mm-hmm. a chosen one shall come born of no father and through him will ultimate balance in the forest be restored mm, yeah that's our little baby boy anakin mm-hmm. this is the one quagon's like excuse me mm-hmm. this is the guy i mean how yeah. much more obvious can we be guys yeah brian so, what is your so opinion dis- on like these prophecies and how how everybody dismissed his concerns uh cat first what were you saying oh no go ahead i'll i'll give my thought in a second <laughs> um i mean it's frustrating clearly um but it just further solidifies why i love quagon mm-hmm. you know one of my favorite things about him the thing that i try and like emulate as best i can when it comes to him 
and why he's so important to me as a character is his conviction. And it's not, you know, in the traditional sense, it's the idea that he believes what he believes and he's willing to fight for it. So to me, when the council straight up said, I mean, they told him he's too old. You know what I mean? They threw the rule book at him and he was like, well, do you not see, you know what? Fine. If you're not going to do it, I'll do it. Like I, I took, I, I took the lens looking at that situation where I wasn't looking at the council for using their rule book. I was looking at Qui-Gon for standing strong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you can choose what side to take away from that. Um, so I, I think the whole thing with the council, it just showed that they're about the rules. It shows that they're not looking at the chosen one right in front of them. You know, they had lost their way in that sense. Like they, they're not evil, you know, they're negligent there, which is, I guess, in a sense, a type of evil really when you break it down, but it's just Qui-Gon was the true Jedi who still emulated the living force. He listened to it. He understood that life is more complicated um, than the Jedi Council would want it to be. Mm-hmm. And so when they were shutting him down, I was like, yeah, I mean, of course they're. He's he's speaking he's speaking the, the truth, you know, and they're just not ready for that. And it's a tough pill to swallow, you know, not to make excuses for them. But I mean, if you had a threat that went extinct a thousand years ago and then like, hey, I just ran into one. Of course, you're going to be like, no, I think it was something else. The problem is they should have followed up anyway. You know what I mean? Instead of just being like, well, this is what it is. And Qui-Gon's like, no, I don't think it is. And they're like, yeah, I think it is. Um, so they're just, they they became rigid. But not our boy Qui-Gon. <laughs> I don't know what if that answered you your question. No, you didn't. <laughs> Kat, what were you going to say? I was going to say that when I first read like the Chosen One prophecy in this book, I was so disappointed because I had this book that I got when I was probably 10 and it was called The Jedi Path and it's not a canon yeah. anymore. But it's the great. pages with the Chosen One prophecy are like ripped out purposely in the book Ooh. and I was always like, what is it? It must be so epic. And then I was just like, it's it's one line, really? It's, so, <laughs> it's like so specific. It's like, let me describe Anakin Skywalker to you super specifically. I was like, really? <laughs> That's some epic like poem. That's why it was ripped out because it was so specific. <laughs> like, it doesn't and say lame. X marks the It's the actual coordinates. You don't even have to dig for it. <laughs> oh man, that here's is a the bummer. Year. Here's his birth date. We're gonna. Yeah, exactly. Here's his last name. Here's where he lives. Here's mm-hmm. yep. his mom's name. Here's his favorite food to lure him away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I I really like the talk of all the prophecies. That's something that I'm not... I mean, it's no secret, guys. Like, the Jedi in the realm of Star Wars are not, like, the thing that I love to learn about. I love... Let's <gasps> uh, all have a moment of free will. Um, I love the that's smugglers. I love the bounty hunters. Um, but this book did intrigue me with the talk of the prophecies because... I mean, they were all like so dead on. You're just like, oh, yep, that happened. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. that happened. Oh, yeah, we remember that. That happened too. And yeah, that was bad. And it was just like, oh, my God, if somebody had just been paying attention and had taken this seriously, what could have happened? Could it have been avoided? Could it have been prevented? I don't know. But surely Mm -hmm. to goodness, something could have happened differently than, than how it played out. So it's extremely frustrating. It makes me want to just shake all the Jedi on the council and just be like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's what Qui-Gon was doing in his own I sort know. of way. Yeah. yeah. Just, a great, just from a writing a great perspective, dude. 
it must have been so fun writing these prophecies out, being like, all right, so here's an event. Now I'm going to make it super artsy and cool, but also mysterious. Like, it must have been so mm-hmm. fun writing these. I know. I, I wonder, too, like, if she had any more that were left out of the book. Like, if she had any other prophecies mm. written that were oh, not that's included. A good, that's a good thought. Share them with us, Claudia. We love you. <laughs> Do you I feel like there have to be more. Do you remember if she came on my show before or after this? Because I don't. Had to have been before, right? I think it was before. I think it was before. Yeah, it had to have been. I must. I talked to her afterwards because I remember her saying that, uh, speaking of this book, with the audio book, because, um, you know, they put like a country accent on Avaros. Mm-hmm. And I guess she envisioned him with an Australian accent. Oh. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So very it's like an hot. outback sort of, <laughs> you know, type of guy. Huh. Anyway, that just sits I in like my head. I like that. Right? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. I can't do an Australian accent. No, so. I'm just thinking of either. a guy. Um, What's his name? Chris no, Hemsworth. He also, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, was, he also played the Joker. He was in 10 Things I Hate he About You. Ledger. Yes, him. I'm just thinking about him like being real now. That's <gasps> Whoa. I'm into it. Now, I'm listen, so into hey. it. Whew. What a good fan cast. That's a good fan cast. That's something Claudia does that I think is really fun. She fan casts her own books. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen those? Yeah, I was reading about Fanry, and she said, I can't remember the girl's full name, Sadie but it's Sink. her. Thank yeah. you. Stranger Things. Um, yeah, that's who she envisioned as Fanry. And that's funny because I read that after I finished the book. And when I was reading the book, I pictured someone that looked exactly like that. So clearly, she did a great job describing the character. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. I agree. This I love book it. It's really cool. Now that I'm like fully a redhead, I've been trying to figure out how I could do like a cosplay of Fanry because there's not a lot of details about what she wears. So I think it'd be kind of a fun challenge of like, okay, let's take the details we have and try to come up with like some kind of cultural outfit for like the tiny pieces we do have. So I've been thinking about that. Like, hmm, how can, how can I do that? Oh, please do this. I would love to see it. I'll do a rail abros. (laughs) (laughs) Savannah, are you going to be Qui-Gon? Yes. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I just be, be a fractal? I'll just walk around with feathers all over me. Yes, oh, absolutely. Man. That would this, be really. This fun, is actually. our celebration getup. That's oh, right. We did gosh. it, guys. What an amazing squad! <laughs> I love it. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, so, a lot of talk of slave labor is shared in this book and we get to meet uh, two new characters their names are pax and rahara and rahara used to be a slave and they escaped and pax was raised in a place where there were a lot of droids so pax has very like protocol droid-esque mannerisms which i think is really funny agreed um I feel like that would totally be me if I was raised around protocol droids. I would just eventually basically <laughs> turn into one. Um, but they it. they are jewel thieves, kind of. And mm. <laughs> they are seeking out, uh, I don't remember what it was called, but they're seeking out a jewel that is basically a dupe for kyber crystals. Yep. And I thought that was really cool too. I, I don't think these have ever been shared in any other Star Wars content, right? I don't think so. I think they were new. Yeah, that was news to me. And I was like, oh, interesting. I thought it was cool because obviously there's like fool's gold in our world. And this is kind of like fool's kyber crystal. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, throughout this book, there's a lot of talk of slave labor because the Zerka Corporation uses slaves on their ships and in their mining facilities on Pijal. And Rahara actually ends up getting captured. And we find out that these slaves are identified by like face mapping so they can scan her face and see that she actually belongs to them. Um, which is like terrifying. I mean, think about that. Cause if you escape, oh, yeah. you would have to violently change your appearance in order to not be recognizable by this like technology. Yeah. That scene Very, is terrifying. You'd have to Super do like terrifying. an Obi-Wan thing, like where he turns into the bounty hunter, just like completely reshape your yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know how, yeah, that whole thing is crazy, but I thought that was really scary. That really upset me when I read the book. I was, yeah. I was not okay. I was like, "No, really creepy. Don't take her." You should, you should listen to it, the audiobook. It is, oh, oh. it's terrifying, oh. especially because like Jonathan Davis did the audiobook, and he's just a phenomenal actor to begin with. And to hear him play through these scenes is like, huh? Because the whole time, you know, like she sees Zerka and she shudders, and like there's a lot of like it just makes her sick. And then when she gets caught by them and they're like, oh, one of ours, you're like, oh, man. Yeah, it kind of makes you want to like throw up. You're like, oh, God. It's rough. And Zerka, that's a Knights of the Old Republic nod. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Zerka's been around since. I love that Kat's just like, yeah. (laughs) Kat, clearly you know more than me. You should be the new Dorkin Yeah, here we go. Kat, let's do this. Savannah's been trying to replace me for years. <laughs> the tables have turned. Every episode we talk about this now. We talk about replacing each other. Yeah, it's true. One day it'll it's actually true. happen. You'll hear somebody else introduce the show and it won't be me. Yeah. I'll just I'll just I'll just take over the podcast myself. I'll be like, no, th- no. You'll I'm, be both. I'm you I'm, be the I'm the balance. The yes, exactly. Pat, you That's- kind of are like the perfect the perfect um combination of brian and i i feel like you definitely favor brian's personality more (laughs) with your interests but i think you and i still have our similarities too right definitely (laughs) it sounds like cats on my team uh but yeah zerka (laughs) zerka's been around since the old republic and it was the same sort of thing where they would like show up on you know Onderon and terrace and uh even kashik really and they would enslave the wookies and whatnot like they're bad they're bad news Mm-hmm. So when when I heard Zerka in this, I was like, "Yikes!" Which I think they even mentioned, like Zerka's been around since like the hyperspace lanes mm-hmm. were founded. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like the the big bad corporate, you know, horrible machine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and when yeah, Rahara gets captured um, by the Zerka Corporation, Qui Gon feels largely at fault for that, and he feels very guilty, which is just. Yeah. So sad. This poor man. I'm telling you what. I'm going to go on a rant for a moment. This man better have had a relationship with um, Shmi when he was on Tatooine because that man needs some hugs and some love <laughs> and some kisses. Um, like, I just feel so bad for him. Well, may- we've just found another reason why I love him so much. Uh, I mean, he straight up says to Anakin, you know, to become a Jedi is not an easy challenge and even if you do succeed it's a difficult life mm-hmm. like that's a jedi that's the part nobody wants to talk about which is why gray jedi are garbage <laughs> because it's about sacrifice it's about living for something other than yourself it's like mm-hmm. and quagon is a perfect example of yeah i mean that's that's the job 
you know? So it's sad. Rough. Who would it want to be sad. a Jedi? <laughs> exactly. That's the Not thing. Me. This is why they have to take them as babies when they don't have a choice. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Yikes. like, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> bringing it back to Rebels. Uh, you know, Kanan's final moments is some of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars because that's that's a Jedi right there. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the job. If you want to be a Jedi, like, yeah, you get to use the Force and that's cool, but like, your job is to protect, you know. Mm-hmm. And Kanan sure as hell did. Yeah, He's the best. I'm I'm really excited to maybe I'll watch it tonight. I'm excited to watch the Phantom Menace after reading this book. Um. Because I think it gives a lot more context on the whole slave issue. And Obi-Wan did free, he liberated the slaves. Um, yep. So Raharo ended up being free um, and all the other slaves, which is amazing. But I, I'm excited to watch The Phantom Menace again because I want to watch it with fresh eyes now that I've seen all this other stuff. Because uh, like you said earlier, Brian, when Qui-Gon is like, oh, I'm not here to free slaves. I mean, it kind of makes you be like, oh, okay, dude, like, fine. But it's like, all right, he's already been through that. He's seen it. Um, exactly. You know, he knows how that story goes. Mm-hmm. And so, he doesn't want to give a kid false hope just in case. Exactly. So he cares about him. Yeah. that's. I'm excited to watch uh, The Phantom Menace. And that's something I enjoy doing after reading a lot of Star Wars books is yep. revisiting the stories that take place near this or with the same characters. Cause it totally gives you a different perspective on everything, which is really cool. Agreed. When I reread this and then read queen queen's peril for the first time, it was so interesting to go back and watch the phantom Ooh. menace. Oh yeah. I haven't read um, queen's peril or queen, queen shadow yet. And I definitely want to read those soon. So man, I've all this queen prequel content. Shadow? Can we just like applaud everybody writing prequel content in the last few yes. years on yes. they rock we're clapping Tiny for claps, you guys yeah, you can't see us but you can hear us yeah <laughs> but wholeheartedly yeah. agreed i love it it's it gives so much more depth and obviously we have the clone wars that gives context to a lot of different things um but having this like pre phantom menace timeline is really great too is yeah is queen's shadow and Queen's Peril, does that take place before The Phantom Menace as well? Where do those take place? So Queen's Shadow takes place between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Okay. And is mostly about Padme taking her role in the Senate. There's a couple flashbacks, but for the mm-hmm. most part, it takes place between those two. And then Queen's Peril takes place before and during The Phantom Menace. Okay, interesting. Well, that'll be fun to read. Yeah. Yeah. Big fun. Big fun. Um, okay, so we we also see Qui-Gon having visions of Fanry's coronation on P Yep. And um they're pretty terrifying to say mm-hmm. the least. Um and then they mostly come true. So <laughs> <laughs> also terrifying. Kinda how, kinda how the force works. Yeah. Which is yeah. insane. Like again, going back to Dooku Jedi Lost. Um, yep. His buddy. There's so many visions in that story that come true. And clearly Anakin has so many visions that come true. And it's just like, why are these not being taken seriously? Clearly it's an issue. <laughs> I love that it's such a fine line. I like that they address that. Like in this mm-hmm. one, you know, they talk about uh, you know, Dooku says like a lot of the Jedi don't believe in the mystics and the prophecies and stuff because being so cognizant of the future can lead to the dark side. 
And it makes total sense because you see a future and then you try to make it happen. I mean, look what Anakin did. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he saw his wife dying, so he tried everything he could not to make that happen and then ended up being a catalyst for it happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's such a fine line. And I, I like that they're kind of, over the course of these mediums, addressing that. That being so obsessed with the future can cause you to make it happen unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And I, I like that they're they're going into it. Yeah. So yeah. um how did we feel at the end with the whole twist with Fanry? I loved it. Yeah. I same. was surprised. I was so surprised. I had to read the part of the book when she like stabbed somebody. I had to read it yeah. like 10 times because I was like, surely to goodness, that's not what happened. Surely to goodness, I misunderstood this. Like, I'm, I think I'm just really confused right now because sometimes that does happen to me. Like, I get, I get a little turned around when I'm reading books and I get things mm-hmm. a little confused. But I read that and I was like, no, 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 this is like definitely happening right now, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Um, but I, I liked about I liked that about the book where they kept you where Claudia kept you on your toes the whole time trying to figure out who was behind these mm-hmm. attacks and all these issues and I mean at one point I thought it was Katie but it was it was definitely Fanry and yeah. you were like oh oh my god I mean I was kind of excited about it <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah that was such a good twist I love I love it when books have a good plot twist that really surprises you because I think a lot of times when I read things there are twists but they're very expected and this was Mm -hmm. just not something that I was expecting to see Mm -hmm. what did you guys think yeah one of my favorite parts was just the image in my head of after she's like completely thrown off this whole coronation and she just like grabs onto the rope and is just rising up into her ship Mm -hmm. and just like I love that picture in my head so much Mm -hmm. but I just, I, I don't know, I really liked the plot twist. And I wasn't shocked. Like, it wasn't like, oh, wow, never would have seen this coming. But it also wasn't like, ha, I predicted this. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of just like a really good buildup of it. It made sense. But also, mm-hmm. it was still a surprise, which I really liked. Yeah, I, takes, I was, I was very good writing to foreshadow something in a way yeah. that makes sense, but doesn't give it away. Mm-hmm. Right, I finding like that, that line. Mm-hmm. What about you, Brian? I was surprised. <laughs> I I felt bad for Rail. <laughs> yeah, I know. Poor guy. I seriously feel so bad for yeah, him. I felt really bad for Rail because it was like history repeats itself. And he, while well-intentioned, perhaps, overshad- overlooked everything. You know, mm-hmm. it it's a great example of where the Jedi went wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, he was so obsessed with what happened that he didn't see what was going on right in front of him, mm-hmm. which is kind of something Fanry was like, and you did this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I felt, I felt bad for real. The whole situation. I thought it was a pretty badass moment for Fanry, but yeah, I same. Like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, oh, no. I feel so bad saying this, but literally when I read it, I did not feel bad for him at all. This is probably because at the time I was like 15. So I was really close to being a 14 year old girl. And I was just like, heck yeah, girl, you take over this planet. He was, yeah. he was being bad. He was not helping you. He was only caring about his own problems. You take over. And I was like, okay, well maybe take over in a good way, but it, you're still great. <laughs> That's Katie's right, just like, right. get it, girl. Maybe they wanted to be stabbed. How do we know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. 
a, a very good twist. A very good twist. Um, and then at the end of the book, Rayal actually gets contacted by Dooku. And he's mm-hmm. like, hey, bro, I have this great power that I want to share with you. And Rayal's like, nah, man, I'm actually going to go back to the Jedi Temple. Yeah. And then he just cuts him off. And it's like, what, what, what? Like, uh-huh. Details. Uh-huh. Um, so that was really great. And then, guys, oh, my God. Okay, let me tell you something. Sometimes when something. I read books, sometimes when I read books, I read the last few pages <laughs> before Savannah. I actually get there. I didn't do it this time. Let me tell you, I didn't oh, do it okay, this time. Good. Sometimes I do that. I don't know why. I think I'm just like too eager to find out what happens, yep. which is terrible. But I did not do that this time. And wow. at the end of this book, they flash forward to to end of The Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon has yeah. passed and they are about to have his ceremonial... I don't know. What do you call that? Funeral pyre. Funeral pyre. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. well, was not expecting a moment of quietness and thoughtfulness with Obi-Wan. And I cried myself to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Fair. That was so It's a good reaction. I was like, got it at the end of it. I was like, whoa, what a great book. Oh, I only have like two pages left. And then I was like, holy, (laughs) oh my God. It was so painful. Yeah. (sighs) Very painful. I'm going to cry right now. (laughs) I know the feeling. Yeah. I mean, that's Obi-Wan though, isn't it? Like (gasps) Obi-Wan is defined by loss. Mm, mm. Oh my God, please don't go there. (laughs) We've talked about this. (laughs) Yeah, it's... uh, yeah so sad it is i mean God, why are yeah. we such big fans of star wars it just it's so painful because i'm sad savannah <laughs> oh i hate it yeah it's uh it's beautiful mm. it's uh it's real it's uh it's obi-wan kenobi isn't it mm-hmm. i almost like sad endings though because they're so real it's just like, oh, yeah. King, I don't want that. <laughs> I like, I, I mean, it ends happy. Right. You know, the only, the only reason I can sleep at night all these years is because I know Qui-Gon didn't actually die. Right. <laughs> well, and he, he turned down the okay. offer to join the council because. That's the thing. It's right, to... right after Qui-Gon's being like, no, I gotta, I gotta stick with my boy. <laughs> and then we're like, how about you get killed and your boy doesn't finish his training and they said i i thought it was so sad too how obi-wan said that they they didn't change him into any you know fancy clothes they kept him in the outfit that still had the mark where he was stabbed and i was like oh my god yeah painful yeah Mm. i don't have words for this part it's really sad yeah. Um, let's talk about something really sweet though. <laughs> we could talk about the fire diamond. Oh, we can definitely talk about the fire diamond. Um, yeah, at the end of the story, Qui-Gon he gives Pax and Rahara a Mustafar fire diamond, and they basically say that it's probably the most valuable thing that they could own. And and um where did he get this fire diamond? A former lover, potentially. <laughs> what do you think? Cat. I mean, that's basically what's implied. Okay, yeah. good. And I mean, I'm, it's got to be. I mean, it's got to be tall, it right? Better be. Yeah. Wait, who? Tall. Tall. It's like a Qui Gon's true love. Yep. Who? Wait, who's that? Oh man, cat! Do we got time? 
<laughs> Detail. I'll send you my 1,000 page essay biography tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Qui-Gon had a essentially essentially another uh, another uh, yeah. It's you want to talk about pain? Please <laughs> tell me the details. Dad. <laughs> yeah, Wait, yeah. You want to talk about pain? Too? Look up tall. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Like, she. Yeah, I don't know. It's really sad. <laughs> why, do they, why do they have to put that in there and they'll just be like, "There's something," but we're never gonna tell you about where he got that diamond. Right. It's gotta. It's gotta be. Tall. We need, We just needed like another short story. So yep. in in the yep. Empire Strikes I'm Back, I'm sure we'll get more um, story. They're gonna add their story. Empire Strikes Back um, from a certain point of view. They have a secret story they haven't told us about, and it's just Qui Gon yep. and Obi Wan as Force Ghosts talking about Qui Gon's love life. That's that's the short yep. story. Oh yeah, I'm yep. in. I'm it's in. Really, it's really good though. You know I love talking about Qui Gon's love life. <laughs> His true love is you actually. Could, you don't even know about Tall. So think oh about think about that. Wait, what book is this in? Where can I go so to read books. this? Yeah, it's it's oh, it's in a lot of places. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, there's comics as well that have her in it. Do they kiss? You have to read it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I will say this that uh, there's been a few times where Qui Gon got very close to going to the dark side. Whoa. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's fantastic. Tall's mm. awesome, but also. So sad. He's like, you know, this one didn't work out. It's fine. I'm gonna get another Jedi girlfriend. What a ladies man. Yeah. I mean, look at him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's love and prosperity, baby. Honestly, That's I right. feel like he wouldn't be very fun to hang out with during like his teenage years. Like, no, he's probably so not. annoying to be around. Like, what did the teen see in him? Yeah, that's true. That's oh, true. I don't know. Like, he's cool by the time we get to Clone Wars, but like, he would be so boring as like a 16, 17 year old. Yeah. And if the uh, Jedi Apprentice books are any indication, he also had a bit of a temper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bad boy. How man. old is he when he's with, like, helping rescue Satine? Like, how far before that is this? Or how long That's after? a good question. Is he like. He's 14 four- in this book. Wait. He's 14. Sorry, he's 17. No. Yeah, he had to have been, you know, like 12, 13, right? Because it's it's before this book, yeah. for sure. But that seems really young to just be like ready to leave the Jedi Order to be in a relationship with someone at 13. Hormones, yeah, baby. I mean, <laughs> as I say. <laughs> you know. Uh, it's uh I mean, look what Anakin did for <laughs> <laughs> for love <laughs> mm-hmm. yikes oh my God. <laughs> yeah uh, well yeah. i wanted to share i i saved a portion of this book that i wanted to share yes. um i'm sure it's your favorite part brian it's the only it page is. that i actually like made a corner fold on um but it's it's rayal and qui-gon talking about why he chooses the light and mm-hmm. Rael says, it doesn't matter which side we choose. And Qui-Gon says, it matters. It matters which side we choose. Even if there will never be more light than darkness, even if there can be no more joy in the galaxy than there is pain, for every action we undertake, for every word we speak, for every life we touch, it matters. I don't turn to the light because it means someday I'll win some sort of cosmic game. I turn toward 
I turn toward it because it is the light. <sighs> Yo, can we like put I that live, on a shirt? I live by this. Yeah. I would get that tattooed on me, mm-hmm. but it's too many words. <laughs> so we'll just get a shirt. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, this is this is Qui Gon in a, okay. in a paragraph. This is this is why I love the Jedi. Mm-hmm. That's the Jedi right there. They became something else, but that's what they are. And it's just oh, it's so good man. and so applicable to like our lives. Yeah, it's also why great Jedi, Jedi are garbage mm-hmm. because trash. of this right here. Trash, stinky, it's just, poopy trash. I love it so much. Like, I have I brought up scent of a woman on the show? I feel yeah. I must have. Yes, you talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, everyone go watch scent of a woman. It's amazing. But this is essentially the same thing, you know, minus the the side that the guy said for woman face. But it's like it's so you turn toward it because it is the light. It's not for any other reason. It's the right thing to do. That's why we do it. We do it because it's the right thing to do, not to get anything out of it, not to win some sort of game. It matters. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, oh, man. You know, I, love I it. like it too when he says for every life we touch, it matters because that's yeah. something we said that the the Jedi as a whole definitely don't think about every individual that they're nope. impacting. But Not he does. And he understands that it's very important to consider those people no matter how, you know, small they may be. Or, or exactly. how brief of an interaction they may have, they matter. Agreed. I think that's really sweet. I live by this. Paragraph. And noble. I love it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Have I missed anything important that we should talk about about this book? Um, let's see. Only everything in the midst of the cover is important. Um, Kat, what are you thinking? I mean, we could talk for hours about Qui-Gon, but obviously we don't I want know. a seven-hour-long podcast episode. So. <laughs> I mean, if we got to do it, we got to do it. I'm not going to stop you guys. Okay, cool. Uh, so, Kat, <laughs> having been a massive Qui-Gon fan before reading this book, did this book do anything to that love? Oh, it, just, it just added to it. I didn't think it could be added to, but it Yeah, it I feel the same way. Intensified. Yeah, I was just so happy it's to have like, more canon Qui-Gon content because obviously there's a lot of legend stuff, but it's not canon anymore. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, finally, some canon content. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. How amazing Qui-Gon is. Yeah, mm-hmm. finally. Yeah. Not- and I love, I feel like Claudia really gets him. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. I, lo- you know? I love the way she writes. I've, like Same. I said, I've my read- favorite. I've read um, Lost Stars. I've read this, and I've read Leia, Princess of Alderaan. I'm gonna read Bloodline next, guys. Woo woo woo. Ready. Um, but I love, I loved Leia, Princess of Alderaan. That's probably Same. one of really my favorite good. Star Wars books. Um, Same. Yeah, and I love the way that she wrote Leia and understood that character. And I agree, she, she definitely gets Qui Gon. Yeah, um, I, I, I think so. I think she just, she really, she really does. She knows who he is as a person. She knows how he reacts to things. Like, there's nothing in this book that I'm like, nah, that doesn't really sound like Qui Gon to me. Mm-hmm. And I like imagine how critical I am. Very. <laughs> I'm like fine tooth comb here. Be like, hold on a second, because mm-hmm. it is the light. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Underlining everything he says in the book. Yeah, straight up. Um, that's a, that's extremely high praise. Yeah, for her. From I you. agree. 
And it's all like also, I mean, I'll just go on a love fest with Claudia Gray. Let's go. Think about how incredible of an author she is mm-hmm. to be able to do that because she wrote these words. That paragraph came out of her brain. Oh no. I mean, mm. wow. Genius. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Like she just it's like as if Qui-Gon was really there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Claudia, write this down. Brian's gonna love this. <laughs> <laughs> because it is the light. All right. I'll see you there. <laughs> um, compared to other Star Wars books, where does this one rank for you guys? Cat? I don't even know. I mean, it's I don't really pretty close to the top. There. I don't know what my actual yeah. ranking is, but where whatever my ranking Same. is, it would be up there. Mm. I agree. I agree. I think, oh, actually, yeah, that's really hard. I've never thought about this. Uh, I mean, there's some really, really good books. Are we comparing? Wait, new canon, EU, all of it. Um, I mean, I, I want to say all of it, but to to trim that down, let's just say like new canon. Okay, okay, that helps a little bit. Uh, oh, why is it so hard? Cat, what do you, help me through this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad at ranking stuff because it literally just depends on my yeah. mood and what I want. Like, well, Kat, you've about. said you've listened to the the audiobook like what five times? Is that yeah. what you said? I do that with most of them, honestly, because I just love the story. Oh, so I'm same. like, hey, you know what? It's it's been two months. It's time to listen to this again. Yeah, that's fair. Let me. You know what? Okay, hold on. Let me think about this because there has been some really really good ones. Like, I mean. Uh, Catalyst. What reading Catalyst beforehand and then going to see Rogue One is one of the greatest experiences I've ever had consuming mm-hmm. anything. Um. Uh. I mean, Darth Plagueis is my favorite Star Wars book of all time, mm-hmm. like EU canon or otherwise. But you limited it to canon. I mean, it doesn't have to be. I just didn't know if that would be easier for you to pick. I mean, none of it's easy, is it? because <laughs> lost stars is so good that's what i was gonna say i was gonna like obviously i haven't read as many books as you guys have but for the ones that i have read i realized that i definitely love the books that have romance in them <laughs> that's fine um, hey, that's fine i'm definitely here for it and while i did enjoy this book it had very little romance <laughs> and a True. lot of um political matters that were being discussed real had some romance well, that's what I said. Very little romance. It's not a relationship. It's just yeah, that's true. you know, one and done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if I count that, but that's oh my fair. god, that's still so funny to me. Um, I remember <laughs> when you guys told me when we were doing the Dooku Jedi Lost discussion, you told me that he had like one night stands, and I was like, "What? Yep. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> know. I gotta know what happens." Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely I love all of uh, the Claudia Gray books that I've read so far, and I definitely prefer Lost Stars out of all of them. And then I think I would say Leia, Princess of Alderaan is next, and then this one um, because I really like female centric stories. I love romance. Sure. Um, I I really absolutely love her writing style. That's the issue Same. I have a lot of times when I read any kind of book, um, but definitely it applies to star wars books sometimes i'll start them and i'll get like 
three chapters in and I'm like, I don't vibe with this author's like writing style. I'm, <laughs> I'm out. I'm dipping. But thankfully, I've never done that with any of the books of hers that I've read. And I really enjoy her writing style a lot. So uh, it was fun to read and it didn't really feel like it got stale at all. And that's mm-hmm. something that I feel like usually midway through a book, I'm like, all right, this is getting a little stale. Can we like move it along? Um, but this book always had something happening that kept you, you know, ready to keep reading. So I definitely enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I agree. It's, if not at the top, it's it's very, very close. Mm-hmm. I, I think just, my, my brain's like a messed up library right now. I'm like, what book is what? Uh, um, well, you read one- so much, it probably gets like a little... Yeah, it's, it, it, it meshes. Yeah. Yeah. I do like all of the little bits of information, though, that we got in this book. All the stuff about the prophecies and, you know, the new characters like Rayal and their backstories. And mm-hmm. we get more context of the dynamic between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Like, it was full yeah. of little bits of information that can really affect the way you watch the movies. And that's honestly why I enjoy reading Star Wars books, because I want it to affect the way I view the movies or the shows or whatever I'm watching in this book had a lot to like add to that, which is great. It did. It did. Any final thoughts from either of you about this book other than how much you love it? (laughs) Fun, ironic fact. There is a Jedi Padawan that Obi-Wan mentions called Jape. And um, when we were younger, my brother and I made up Star Wars characters for ourselves. And so it was probably like, six-ish years ago, and my brother's character was named Jape, spelled exactly like that, um, same time period, and his favorite thing to do was fly around exploring the galaxy in a starship, which is basically what this Padawan does, and so I was listening to it on the audiobook, and then I ran and got my brother. I was like, Josh, you're not gonna believe it. You made it. Somehow, you are in Star Wars. (laughs) That's kind of freaky. We're all in Star Wars now, guys. We did it. That's amazing. What was your Jedi name? I was Canel. Or your character name? What was Canel. it? Oh, I love it. Oh my god, that's so cute. Mine was Kalo Tabora. Nice. Wait, I don't have from, one. Kalo is from the Old Republic. And Tabora was a planet in Ratchet and Clank too, because I'm unoriginal. <laughs> one time, whenever I was at Star Wars Weekends, I would always wear my Jedi costume as a kid. And one time somebody came up to, like a kid came up to me and my brother. He was also in costume. And the kid handed us a Disney autograph book and they wanted our autograph. So we just like made up names. And he just wrote like Jedi Chase, which is literally his name. And I wrote some, I don't even remember what I wrote, but I think I mashed up like. You wrote Nevsana. No, I I mashed up my last (laughs) name, which at the time was Kiefer. I mashed that up with somehow my first name. I don't know what it turned into. And then we handed handed the autograph book back to the kid. And immediately a security guard came up to us and was like, yeah, you can't do that. We'll have to kick you out if you do it again. And we're like, oh my God, we're so sorry. (laughs) So that's my only memory of like making up a Jedi name. And it's kind of traumatizing. Your first autograph. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. That's so funny. Yeah. That's so cool. We need you to stop that. What a what a weird coincidence, though. I mean, what are the odds of that happening? Yeah. Pretty high. Oh, cool. Apparently. <laughs> Jape. I love it. I love it, Jape. too. What about you, Brian? Any any closing thoughts? Uh, everyone read this book because it's amazing, and you'll understand Qui-Gon better, and he's the greatest Jedi of all time, and yeah. What Brian said. The end. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, good. This was fun. Yeah, we did it. Wow, that went by really fast. I know. I know. We've been talking for over mm. an hour. Have we really? Mm-hmm. Well, we're just getting warmed up. All right, Kat, now for the <laughs> second part of the book. <laughs> you thought we were um, done. Yeah. Uh, did I ever mention Scent of a Woman? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, I really want to read Bloodline next. I'm currently Please reading do. The Hobbit, which is fantastic yes. as well. But I, I want to read Bloodline, and then we can we can discuss that. We'll just discuss all of Claudia Gray's books. We've we've already reviewed uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, but we've never talked about Lost Stars on this podcast. Let's and do it. I listened I to it. the audiobook last year, but I want to reread it. Like I want to read the actual book, so we'll have to do that and Bloodline soon to uh, cover all of our Claudia Gray bases here. Yeah, don't threaten me with a good time. Mm-hmm. Fun times. Fun times. It. Well, thank you, Kat, so much for joining us. We're so happy anytime we get to talk with you. We just love you, and we're so happy that you could be here with us today. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I always have fun talking to you guys. It's awesome. Um, before before we let you go, where can people find you online? And I would love for you to talk about the amazing plushies that you've been making to sell. So hype yourself up here, girl. What have you been doing? Well, you can find me on Instagram at the Rogue Fangirls, and you can find my podcast, the Rogue Fangirls Podcast, on Spotify, iTunes. There's Amazon Podcasts now, um, Google Podcasts, basically all the podcast places. Um, so if you want to listen to me talk about Star Wars, mostly, sometimes I talk about other things, but mostly Star Wars. So if you want to hear me talk about that kind of stuff, you can find me on my podcast. And then over on my Instagram, I started a little tiny business called Stardust Handicrafts, where I'm selling little plushies that I make just for fun. And because I like making them, I was like, hey, maybe other people want cute plushies. So I think I have three right now. I have a Queen Amidala one from The Phantom Menace. I have a little Zuko from book three. And oh I have a puddle glum one from the Chronicles of Narnia. So, Aww. Ooh, I love it. So many good choices. Yeah, amazing. As proud owners of those plushies, mm-hmm. thank you very much. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a purple rabbit droid that she made yep. me, uh, and she gave it to me at Celebration Chicago. I I trust it. I do trust. How it. do you guys I think I keep getting on these podcast episodes? I mean, <laughs> it's a I just send the rabbit droid to threaten Savannah. That's right. That's right. Uh, and then she, <laughs> That's your notice, Savannah. She's like, I'm going to be the new host with Brian. Like, Ravidroid's going to take it care over of the business. Because it's next to me. Now I'm a little cautious. Um, trying to warn you. But she also surprised Brian and I with some very special plushies uh, a few months ago at this point. And yeah. she texted me and she was like, hey, do you have Brian's address? I'm sending him something. I made him a Reldar plushie from the adventures of the Zolan dart. And I was like, Oh my God, that's literally the cutest thing ever. And then like, I don't know, a week later I got a package in the mail with her name on it. And I was like, Oh my God. 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 I know what this is. I know what's happening. It's happening. And then I opened it and I was like, Oh my God, it's a Murphy plushie. And he's like the cutest thing in the whole world. It's my fave character from the adventures of the Zolan dart, which will be out soon coming soon um but yeah she made us those amazing amazing plushies and they're just so freaking cute so um cat i'll put your social media links in our show notes so if anybody's listening and wants to check it out and follow you and listen to your podcast they can find all of those things in the show notes um but yeah thank you for being with us thank you for having me 
Brian, where can people find you online? People can find me online at Jedi Brian everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, check out the interesting podcast I recently had on Emily Swallow, who was the armorer. Big deal. Uh, yeah, I guess. She's amazing. Um, so I had her. I've got a bunch of other people that were cool recently. Um, I had her stunt double, Lauren Mary Kim, who also did the motion capture for Ahsoka in the Clone Wars, which was pretty cool. Um, just neat. It's been it's been a great it's been a great time. Um, so yeah, check out that. Um, if you want pictures of my dog, they're oh my on Twitter and stuff. Um, is that everything? Did I do it? I think so. Yeah, that. Also, our Discord. We got Discord. Wait, I'm not. I'm not there yet. Oh, I was gonna say this is where pictures of my dog are supposed to be. <laughs> oh yeah, he hasn't updated. <laughs> that. It's fine. We got a whole lot of other cute animals over there. Um, yeah. You can find me everywhere oh, at yeah. the door. Diva. My blog is thedorkydiva.com. Thank you, Brian, for introing me. Where can me people find you, Savannah? Quick. <laughs> you can find me all those places I just shared. I and you should definitely join our Dorky Diva Discord group. Um, Brian, yeah. you also need to update your interesting podcast thread. Just a reminder. Oh, yeah. So over on Discord, Kat is a part of our Discord group as well. It's so awesome. you can chat with her over there too. Um, we have an amazing community of people where we talk about Star Wars and pretty much everything else in life. We have threads about uh, what we're eating, what we're cooking, what we're doing, how we're feeling. Um, it's just a really nice time over there. Yeah, and I like it a us. lot. Yeah, if you want to join the Discord group, just reach out to either of us on social media and we can get you added. We'll just send you a link. You click it. Boom, you're there. It's easy. Easy peasy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So join us over on Discord and we want to say a huge thank you to all of our current patrons. Yes. You guys are helping us produce our audio drama. Thank you all so much uh, for supporting us on Patreon. And we want to thank those specific patrons. Those people are Anthony, Ben, Brandon, Brian, other Brian, Cheney, Christy, Chris, Daz, Dan, Daryl, Devin, Gregor, Jared, Jen Marie, JC, Jim, Josh, Justin, Katie, Samir, Cherie, Sherry, Stacy, Tamor, and Tom. Whew. Nice. Well, well, well done. So Thank much you, everyone. We love you. We're sending we you hugs and kisses. And yes. Um, and I also want to mention we are I I let me back up a second. I presented this idea to Brian <laughs> yesterday. I was like, hey, you? would you want to do shows where I interview you and you interview oh, yeah. me? And he said yes. I was like, no. Oh. Mm. I just said <laughs> yes for him. So if you have any questions for us, they can be Star Wars related or non-Star Wars related. Please send us your questions. You can tweet at us on Twitter. Uh, the show's handle is at Dorky Diva Show. Or you can email us, dorkydivashow at gmail.com, and we'll be compiling those different questions to answer on our next two episodes, which should be really fun and interesting. Like an AMA kind of thing. Yeah, AMA. Ask us anything and we'll answer it. Yeah, we've already gotten some great questions over on our Discord, and I'm excited to to talk about those and answer them. Yeah. So do it. Get to know your hosts. Mm -hmm. Get to know us. Kind of. Because you don't already. Well, we don't know anything about you, Brian, because you don't actually talk about yourself. So, oh, yeah, that's true. I did once. Once on the interesting <laughs> podcast. On the interesting only. podcast. 
the secret episode. No one knows where to find it. <laughs> I'll link that in the show notes too. Um, no, <laughs> you wouldn't. I mean, I would. <gasps> I take back everything I said. Savannah's the greatest host of all time, and I'm really glad to be here. And I'm so excited that I'm allowed to be a part of this. Thanks for the new logo name. All I had to do to get a compliment out of you. Yeah, just Thanks. threaten me. Thank you. <laughs> Well, it's so fun. Again, Kat, thank you so much for joining us. We are always very happy to have you on. And we're so appreciative of your support, too, because you've always been very supportive of our podcast. So thank you. Big time. You guys are amazing. Big, big thank you. You're amazing. Thanks. And to everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And until next time, may the force be with you. And Godspeed, Rebels. Rebels.